Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. A very grumpy Brian Schulmeister. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, a couple days ago, uh, we decided, fuck it, it's the 34 days of Christmas. Uh, I used to lose my mind if we even heard a Christmas song ahead of Thanksgiving, but uh, this year's been so crap to hell with it. And besides, it snowed here, so it's Christmas. Yeah, we've had our tree up for a week and a half now. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> And yeah. we have, and since we are a multicultural household, we have an eight-foot blow-up dreidel in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, let's just mess with everybody. Why not? It's, right. it's like the, this year has been so screwed up. Time doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So why not have fun? Yes, we're just going to have a longer Christmas. And uh, I think for Christmas, I need to actually get rid of my AirPods and maybe get AirPods Pro. I don't know if there'll be any better, but I've just had a nightmare recently. I don't know what's changed, but the AirPods sw auto switching to devices has gone off the charts. Like I'll be playing music on my phone and I will walk by my Amazon Echo and it will switch to the Amazon Echo or switch back. <laughs> and then I will walk down the street and it will automatically switch to my laptop for some reason. It's it's just I cannot keep my AirPods like Bluetooth onto something. If I want to keep them on something, I have to turn Bluetooth off on all the other devices because it just keeps switching. It's like it's like gone crazy on me. Oh, that's messed up. That's it's, messed it's been a up. it's been a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> That'd been awesome if you could like as as you walk down the street, you just switch to everybody else's Amazon Echoes. It's starting to feel <laughs> like that's just... what's happening, but it it is a pain because like I'll we'll have music playing for the kid on the on the show, and like I'll come up here to try to do something, then all of a sudden the kids' music is blaring in my ears. I hear the kids screaming downstairs, "Why would it go off?" <laughs> and then you know he'll pick up the iPad, and then all of a sudden it'll switch to whatever he's doing on the iPad. It, it's it's crazy i can't keep these things locked to anything you're being gaslit by your own airpods it's i totally awesome. am i'm so ready to throw them out the window <laughs> thanks apple oh my god it's a feature not a bug it, so that's been my entire week is just me losing my mind and i literally have thought about throwing these into the snow a few times because i won't find them until they melt <laughs> that's awesome i gotta get airpods story about that in a little bit okay but. Uh, first off, I do want to say I did. I had something else, but we'll, we'll switch things up a little bit. Sure. Last week, I, I was really pissed off about the Apple News icon. Yes, on Mac OS. Yes, and so I'm at the grocery store the other morning, and I you can see it in the in the show notes, Brian. This is an actual advertisement for Amazon gift cards that was that was literally on the front of my shopping cart. Right now, and it's uh, it, it for those uh, visually impaired people. Since we are on an audio podcast, uh, it'll be in the show notes to go check it out. It says for everything and everyone, and the O in the four is an Apple Watch, and the second E in everything is an Apple News icon, which means that even Apple marketing doesn't know what the fuck that icon is for. Because if you were, go a little bit farther down the word everything, there is an actual fucking N in the word that would have made sense if they used the news icon for. That's true, and they also use an iPhone, which is a rectangular object, as a as a O. Yeah, I think that's an iPad, actually. Okay, well, that's it's, it it's looks less a like a round yeah. object. Exactly. Um, no, this is this is horribly designed, and by it's so obviously it's supposed to be an N for news, correct? So this yes. is everything, and um, to, oh, to hell with it. It's a candy cane. It's red I, and white stripes. It's a candy cane. It's Christmas. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> 
Uh, this, that's the theme for the rest of the year. It's Christmas. Fuck it. Yep, oh, wait. Exactly. Now we sound like Melania Trump. <laughs> no, that's fuck Christmas. It's that's fuck different. Christmas. It is Christmas. That is, that is different. Yes, I love Christmas. It's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't so I noticed, I noticed that uh, Bitcoin has gone through the roof again. So I thought we should revisit your Coinbase account. So you left it dormant and left your, uh, left your stake in there. So I was curious, how's your, uh, how's your Coinbase account doing? Uh, uh, let's discuss what going through the roof means. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's okay. back up to $19,000 of Bitcoin today. Right. Okay. So going through the roof is not quite the same thing that uh, it appears to be for everyone else. So I initially made a $60 investment. Uh, this was, mm-hmm. I don't know, two years ago, three years ago now, something like that, back when everything went crazy. And and mm-hmm. how we should understand about how it's all going is just, you know, in general, what we say about Bitcoin all the time. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> so I made an initial $60 investment and I split it evenly between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. So 20 bucks each. And uh, for a long time, uh, my $60 investment was hovering around 20 bucks. Uh, I haven't looked at it in probably six months or something like that, but it is back up to $48.40. So okay. I'm, I'm just a little bit over a $20 loss at this point, mostly thanks to Litecoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Litecoin completely crashed and burned. I lost $15.62 there. Uh, but Ethereum has made me $2.81, and the much ballyhooed Bitcoin resurgence has has got me $1.23. I think you should cash out while the getting's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold on for Litecoin to come back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's where it's at. So, uh, you know, have fun with that, everyone. All right. All right. And we had been discussing both the uh, the horrible Instagram update that rolled out for everyone last <laughs> week. And uh, it, as we're discussing Christmas right now, and I really did enjoy this article. None of us are going to do this, but uh, this article uh, talks about how this is the perfect time to delete Instagram. Isn't every time the perfect time to delete Instagram? <laughs> yes, but uh, they're particularly saying now and not because of the new updates, but because we're about to slide into the holidays and the holidays are frankly going to suck this year. Millions of Americans are still without jobs. Hundreds of thousands are grieving lost loved ones because of the coronavirus. New coronavirus cases, hospitalizations and deaths are surging at unprecedented and devastating rates all over the country. And I am assuming all of our listeners are doing the right thing and staying home. So why should we watch all the dumb fuck asses? that are going out and doing awesome things. I already saw yesterday a friend of mine who will probably not be a friend of mine much longer posting pictures from her first Friendsgiving of many. Oh. And who needs to see this stuff and feel bad? To hell with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. This is just it's that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, everybody's going to lose so many friends over the holidays. Anybody with a brain is going to lose their friends over the holidays because I just yeah. I mean, it's it's head scratching how many people are on planes right now, and I'm sure people are Instagramming the shit out of that. Fortunately, most of my friends, actually, all of my friends, have stayed at home so far, so I've got no one to lose yet, yet. Yeah, but you know, it's coming. Yep, it's going to be pretty crazy, and it's all going to be well documented. Yay! In the news. got a little bit of news from last week we'll just touch on very quickly since uh this came in right after we did the last show <laughs> apple is going to reduce their app store cut to 15 percent for developers who make less than a million dollars and as marco arment pointed out well that's just going to make everybody go make nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. 
<laughs> and cut it there because Wait, so you're going to pull your app from the app store as soon as you hit that amount <laughs> must must be because then you figure that it goes up to 25 percent. so how much more do you have to make to get back to that money that you would have made making nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars? if you're going to make you know one million twenty thousand dollars you're screwed and then you just lose lose a lot more money it, it, it's it's weird it needs to be on a sliding scale i think i think uh, that's the the way this needs to go but uh yeah and here's the other fun thing they're not actually going to auto enroll people in this small business program that they're starting. They're going to okay. you have to go and opt in. Well, that's okay. I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, pay attention to what you're doing. If this is your business, you should be aware of this and go <laughs> opt in. It, it's it's, yeah. it's not like it's not like governments go, "Here's small business programs. We're just going to cut you a check." No, you have to like file for it. That's that's mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh in other funny news, BuzzFeed is acquiring HuffPo. Oh, I, 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 I'm like, really? HuffPo's still a thing <laughs> that, that, that somebody actually wants? Yeah, I was trying to figure out why, uh, as as is everybody else in tech news, because <laughs> mm -hmm. everybody was trying to figure out what the deal is here and, and why they were interested, because HuffPo hasn't been a thing of note, really, for a long time. It's It's an aggregator that has silly celebrities sort of write articles for it sometimes, and uh, you know, it's just not a thing. Buff, uh, BuzzFeed is so much more impactful and, and gets – unless there's just lingering traffic. The only thing that, that my wife and I could figure out is they must have so many deals for HuffPo content being placed into different the, – for the aggregator being in different aggregators that yeah. that might be worth it for BuzzFeed. Might be. And also, you know, it was just a stock deal to get HuffPo. They don't they haven't released that. But here's the other thing. Verizon also gave BuzzFeed a bunch of cash. So it's like, here, would you take this off our hands? Here's some money. You can give us some stock if it works out. Right. But uh, yeah. And we'll even give you Ariana for a while. That's the thing. They, they really need to rebrand that. There's no more Huff and HuffPo. No, you know? there hasn't been for a long time. The Huff has left the building. <laughs> And uh, I saw this when I scratched my head. Facebook has launched a new app called Egg, where users can create personalized spaces that look like Tumblr pages. No, they don't look like Tumblr pages. They look a hell of a lot worse. They are definitely <laughs> the GeoCities uh, look and feel. And I went and I downloaded the app because <laughs> I'm, I, I like to torture myself. And I was scrolling through it. It is god-awful ugly. I don't understand anything that's going on there. It is impossible to tell what the hell is happening. And, but I did find the About page. Okay. And on the about page, it says, we acknowledge that a lot of this seems like misplaced nostalgia and maybe it totally is, but it's important to note that we're not looking to create a 90s throwback platform. We built Egg to enable all sorts of content slash visual styles. Ideally, the rougher, the better. The 90s infomercial slash webpage style just happened to be fun, so we ran for it. We ran with it for this page. Okay. Um, yeah, what somebody got paid to make this thing yeah. at Facebook. Somebody's got some dirt on Zuck and got a yeah. pet project uh, taken care of. I'd like to point out that the site or the app is not called Egg, it's called e.gg. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I figured I'd just <laughs> drop the period. <laughs> Which is even worse and silly. It makes yeah, it, oh, it's experimental. Oh, I see Ooh. what you I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. Don't don't waste your time. I, 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 I wasn't planning on it. Yeah, well, I know you were. I was telling our, our <laughs> intrepid listeners not to waste their time. So uh, Comcast has finally gone full evil. Mm -hmm. They're going to uh, have data caps in their entire territory now, all 39 okay. states. It's a 1.2 terabit or terabyte data cap. That's and, higher uh, than I thought that they would go in at. 
So yeah, I figured it'd be one terabyte. That's what yeah. most of them are. Uh, so uh, they're going to give some people a grace period who just signed up and got slapped with it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll cut you a break." So that won't go into effect until April in some places, and. You know, they're going to give everybody a grace month. So if you, you know, if you go over one month, they'll be like, ah, okay, we'll let you slide on that. But you've got a warning, sir. Next month, we're going to start billing you. And yeah, it's it's interesting that they're doing that. And uh, I'm just going to say again, for the record, we've been screaming on this show since day one. Everybody is pushing you to streaming. Don't own anything. Don't keep it on your drive. Stream, 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 stream. And here come the data caps. Yeah, well, and and this is weird because, you know, Comcast is cable, but you look at somebody like Verizon Fios, they're uncapped. In my neighborhood, I can get AT&T fiber, one terabit on, or um, was it 100 meg or 1,000 meg, yeah, whatever, whatever, uncapped. Yeah. <laughs> um, my spectrum is uncapped until they, you know, run it through that they need to have caps to stay competitive. <laughs> but basically anybody that has fiber is staying uncapped. Yeah. Which which is smart because you can get so much more on fiber. If you gave me a fiber connection, you know, uh, and then <laughs> capped it, I would be I, – well, I would switch plans. I would go somewhere else <laughs> because you're going to hit – like with fiber, you're going to hit a, a terabyte cap pretty quick if you're doing yeah. 4K video and everything and just not knowing what you're doing. It's like Netflix just auto defaults to 4K. Boom. Okay. There goes my data, you yep. know. Yep. So – but, you know, it'd be nice if we had a, a, a body, a governing body to keep things like this in check. If only. If, if only, only we did. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, it's definitely not going to be the Federal Trade Commission because they are being gutted. And we'll talk about Ajit Pai, our buddy, in a second mm-hmm. because, oh, he's at it again. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Federal Trade Commission has basically cut their budgets and they're putting on a, a hiring freeze. They're going to start, uh, you know, capping vacation and things like that. But the most important thing that they're going to do is they're going to cut litigation costs for the cases that they have out there. <sighs> yeah. And uh, former FTC chairman William Kovacic, 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 something like that, Kovacic, good Polish name. He says, everything you've just recited is a breathtaking constraint on capacity. It severely limits what the institution is going to do. If I were a prospective defendant, I'd be heartened by this. (laughs) And this comes on the heels of the FTC going after Facebook and Amazon and other big tech for, you know, their their anti-competitive practices and their behaviors. And they just got hamstrung. And... This is this also this blew my mind. The Federal Trade Commission's annual budget is three hundred and thirty million dollars a year. <laughs> three hundred and thirty million a year for the entirety of the Federal Trade Commission. And uh this funny, they compare this to uh eighteen billion dollars that Facebook made just in last quarter. <laughs> right. So well, it's that's David what versus they're up Goliath, against. and imagine David is stupid Ajit Pai. Yeah. God. Yeah. How, how how are they getting anything done? Yeah, well, Ajit Pai was still – he's the FCC, and now he is uh, – he's trying to sneak some shit under the door on his way out. And I can't wait for the – let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you, motherfucker. Uh, so what he's trying to do is he's trying to give uh, Fox and Rupert Murdoch a lifetime pass to own as much media as they want in New York City, period. They're trying to make the – they've got like a, a little thing going on right now because uh, Fox owns two – uh, basically, two TV stations and a newspaper. They own the New York Post. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're only supposed to allow, like, so many things. It, yeah. And you can't have, you know, basically a monopoly in a market. 
Yeah. That's what part That's of the, the FCC's point. mandate is yes. <laughs> part of their fucking mandate. And so Agit Pai is trying to sneak this through saying that uh, let's make this a permanent thing where Fox can have whatever they want in New York City. And he's cut the public comment down to only till December 4th. So there's a link in the show notes that I want everybody to go to. Click on it, <laughs> sign the petition, and go to the uh, the FCC's website. Tell them to stop this shit because, you know, this is – it's a permanent – it's a permanent lock on New York City. New York City! So if you live in New York City, you should be pissed off about this unless you really like Fox, which <laughs> – well, then good on you. But I don't know many people that live in New York City that like Fox that much. No, me either. Yeah, that's not a good thing. I, I'm waiting to hear what Biden's going to do about the FTC and FCC. So hopefully all of this bad news will get turned around at some point. At some point. At some point soon. Sooner than later, please. So I think I think Biden's got a lot on his plate, you know. Yeah, he's like, a little busy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at least at least the first you know member of his cabinet was the for the State Department, and you know, let's we could let's use hope. one of those. Yeah, we, we could really use one of those because after everything that Bittner told us, there isn't much of one left. So, but hey, you know those people at the State Department now they'll be able to use Uber and Lyft to their heart's content because the government just signed an $810 million contract with Uber and Lyft, authorizing them to provide transportation for up to 4 million federal employees and their families. Okay. How about them apples? Well, all right. Fair enough. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw money at bad companies. That's fine. That's kind of yeah. what the government does. Our tax money goes to pay Uber and Lyft now, and then uh, our other tax money goes to subsidize the welfare for the Uber and Lyft drivers because they don't get paid enough by Uber and Lyft from all the government money they just got. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, it's the Walmartification, I guess, of the United mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. Now, remember Austria from last week? I do. Yes, they were trying to put a ban on content that would uh, ruin the ban. internet. Yes. yes. Well, Pakistan has joined the fray. And I, th I do believe you and I, Brian, said that, you know, Facebook could just say, screw you, Austria, we're going home. Yep. Well, since Pakistan has done it, everybody has said, screw you, Pakistan, we're going home because you're <laughs> Pakistan. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll see what I, happens with all this. But uh, it, it's it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And one of the rare times I'm going to be on Google, Facebook and Twitter side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think what's going to happen here is everybody's basically just going to gang up on these countries and say, no, you can't do that. You know, yeah. stay in your lane, stay in your lane. If you have rules that apply to people in your country alone, we'll discuss it. But when you want to get into this global removal of content, we're not going to play that game. Homie, don't play that. That's right. Yeah. And speaking of content moderation, Twitter has set itself up for an enormous new problem thanks to their fleets. Have you checked fleets? out fleets? You have no choice because here's the here's the fucked up thing. Now I can't tell what app I'm in. Exactly. I'm I was going to say the exact same thing. I yeah. don't know if I've launched Instagram or Twitter, and it doesn't matter because it's almost the same exact content. Oh, except there's a, just a teeny bit more hate on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't really tell the difference anymore. All that we all they have all become base belong to us now at this point. Every yeah. app is exactly the same when you launch it. Uh, so you know the only difference is you know who you follow on any particular platform. Like I use Twitter mostly for news, so my friends are on Facebook, and I was doing kind of more brandy stuff like bands and things like that on Instagram. But I, the, the the apps are virtually indistinguishable now. Yeah. Which uh, is going to lead to problems that Facebook has had now the, and Instagram, obviously, through there, because it is uh, much more difficult to do content moderation on these fleets on, on 
temporary stuff that gets posted, and it's often posted without context because it can be a series of things that are connected to each other and explain things to each other. It's a lot more difficult. AI has a lot harder problem with it. So Twitter, which has been all about we are doing content moderation and we are we are even slapping the president with content moderation, has just opened up a whole shitstorm of more problems for themselves, which is an interesting time period to do that, considering they're fla- wa- waving the flag of content moderation around as if they're the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think what they're going to come back with this one and say, well, they just go away anyway, so who cares? <laughs> you could yeah. be a temporary racist. Of course, temporary racist. That's yes. welcome, show title. Welcome, welcome to America. <laughs> welcome to America. Yeah, it's just interesting. And the fleets are just dumb. They really are. I mean, it's it's really hard to tell the difference. It sucks. Yeah. And uh, in sad news, the Arecibo uh, telescope in Puerto Rico is getting scrapped. It's just too far gone, and it's too dangerous to fix. So that's it's a sad day. It's a it sad, is sad day because it's such a it's such a instantly recognizable uh, icon, and it's uh, well, you know, out with the old and with the new. Build a new one. Build a new one. I mean, you've got the land, so just you know, take it down, recycle it, and put it back up. We'll always have contact. We will, and Goldeneye. Oh, that's right. Goldeneye used it too. I forgot yeah. about that. Contact was a better movie, though. Much better. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and it's time to fuel up with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. This May, supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. 
PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's gog.show slash VPN. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Security? Ha! We're joined this week by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the Cyberware podcast and also the co-host of the social engineering podcast Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy, as well as surveillance and privacy. Welcome back, Dave. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. It takes a while for the the sound to get all the way up there to Canada, so you have to wait I for know. Brian to yeah. check yeah. in. It has to go through all the viral screens, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it has to thaw out. Yes. TSA, and it gets two, <laughs> two weeks of quarantine before the sound actually arrives. Yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the vowel sounds have to be softened up, so the abouts become aboats. And we have to uh, stick some use in unnecessarily. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. And you have to be sorry for everything. <laughs> I know. Everybody's still mourning Alex Trebek, so I understand. It's, yes. It takes a while. Yes. All right, guys. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had our fun. <laughs> That's enough. Let's move on here. Dave, I, I've, I've, got, I've, I've got a little low viral energy today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I threw this one in here for you, Dave, because you tell us all the time how you used to work at Radio Shack and how it was one of the proudest jobs you've ever had. It was. I did. Yes. I, I loved it. It was, well, yeah. Yeah. Now you can go work for social douchebag Ty Lopez because <laughs> him and his team have bought the IP for Radio Shack and some of the patents and some of that mm. stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a strange right. brand to want to revitalize. I mean, I suppose it has name value, but is it a positive name value? <laughs> Right. I guess my question is why? The the thing because certainly in the later days of Radio Shack when when you know computers had passed them by, um why would you go to Radio Shack? You'd go to Radio Shack because you needed something and you could not wait for it to be delivered by someone else. You needed it right now. Yes, I so need you could go pay yeah. Yeah, you, you could wait pay for the $5. quality product to show up. Right. You had to well, go get the but, the janky one yeah. to get the job done. Or, or you just, you know, you'd pay $5 for the cable that cost a dollar from Amazon, but you needed it today. And so 
it, the fact that they had something like 7,000 locations was was their value uh, proposition there. Yeah, now um, I go to Target for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times Amazon can get it to you the same day if you need it. Yeah. Yeah. And also remember the final days of Radio Shack, they basically just turned into a, a low-rent cell phone store. That right. was pretty much all they had. Well, and, and, right. and think of – well, we can't even say millennials anymore because they're quite old. But think of Gen, Gen Z with the name Radio Shack. First, what's a radio? What's a radio? Uh, second, <laughs> shack is what I call my house these days. That's what I have to live in because I don't have a yeah. job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> go fire up the old ham radio kit out in the in the shack out back and uh, yeah. CQ, CQ. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I wonder is if this is going to become one of those zombie brands like – um, oh gosh, uh, Bell and Howell. You know, it's a brand that that somebody just bought up the the rights to, and they'll slap that logo on anything. Mm-hmm. It's an old brand that people have a certain affection for, and so somebody buys it up and takes advantage of that. Like, who cares about the the inner cell batteries? And like, <laughs> whoever cared about the inner cell batteries? <laughs> Right. That was literally I mean, we, like the Christmas morning. You got you get you get a pack of inner cells. You're like, okay, these are gonna last at least like maybe till lunchtime. <laughs> Better get yeah, out to Radio I mean, Shack. Get yeah, some more. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean that was the thing. You someone would buy a remote control car and you'd you'd upsell them to include to buy the batteries. And that's right. that was you know, that was a good business model when you had people in your store. But uh, I don't see anybody choosing Enercell batteries over any of the big name brands with their order, if they're ordering anything online. So, yeah. oh, wait, but know. what about Powerhorn speakers? Powerhorn <laughs> <laughs> sounds like yeah. a like a you know just a was it Icelandic death metal cover band? Yeah, Powerhorn. <laughs> I mean, Radio Shack had some good brands. You know, they made some of their realistic speakers were quite good. Some of their old. Uh, vintage receivers back in the day were quite good I mean, in the early again, days of computing. You uh, know. People that have receivers or actual monitors these days go super high end and, and the vast majority of people are either just listening on their phone, God forbid, or at the very least, you know, one of the – they're listening to music on smart speakers around the house. They're not, they're not yeah. going to go get any of this stuff. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. It's a, it's a hobby of days gone by that yeah. – uh, doesn't really. I, I mean, I'm an audiophile, and I don't. I don't bother anymore. I, I you know, I don't have a, a stack of receivers and and you know, just separate components. And I don't even have. I don't even have studio monitors anymore. Crazy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think you guys might have missed the whole point where it's Ty Lopez oh, that okay. bought it. <laughs> Ty Lopez, the douchebag who likes to like pose on Instagram in front of Lambos and airplanes that he doesn't own. Uh-huh. So, right. Remember who right. we're talking about here? Who is now the steward, the guardian, the caretaker, the mm-hmm. the keeper of the shack? Is right. Ty Lopez? That is what makes this also head scratching. Well, if <laughs> Ty Lopez is listening, I do think that there is somebody out there that should be the voice of Radio Shack moving forward. And may I humbly suggest Mr. Dave Bittner, who could probably start up a brand new Radio Shack podcast to bring them into the That's modern right. age. It would, it would be it would be authentic. You know, yes. you've got questions. We've got answers. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, all right. I'm game. I'm in. I'm in. Sure. Why I'll not? pay you with uh, Enersol batteries. <laughs> yeah, just right. Just... Yeah, give me some Minimus 7 speakers, some intercell batteries, and an old TRS-80 Model 1, and I'll be I'll be good to go. And if you'd uh, like to subscribe to the podcast, we're going to need your name, your address, your telephone number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. 
so many hours of my life wasted <laughs> gathering up people's right, right, writing it all down by hand. Isn't that okay, now Ty the, Lopez owns it all? <laughs> isn't that really though for for Radio Shack? Isn't that weren't they just way ahead of the game collecting all the data? <laughs> they were. They were very much ahead of the game. Now it's uh, they now, were. Now that's yeah. all, what it's all about. Yep, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, they they were way ahead of the game. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Good times, though. I say I genuinely, I genuinely did enjoy that job. So we have a little follow up on the August story about the Facebook security consultants who were trying to buy the uh, CCW permits from the local sheriff's department and under under the table bribing action. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm sure you've seen this because it is on every news channel right now that Apple's security chief has been indicted for trying to swap some iPads for a couple CCW permits, seventy thousand dollars worth of iPads to be precise. <laughs> and uh, oopsie, got busted. But they're saying that he, you know, he will have his day in court, and he is an upstanding citizen, and uh, this is all just completely wrong. Your take? Well, I mean, come on. I, I, what, <laughs> why, the, why does the head, the head of security at Apple need to put in a requisition for two hundred iPads? You know, um, don't ask me why I need these. You know, we're uh, <laughs> just donating them to the local sheriff's office. I mean. I don't know. It, the whole thing, to me, in my opinion, it doesn't pass the sniff test. I, I suspect I suspect what we think was going on here was exactly was what was going on here. Um, and people got caught. I, who knows? I, I, you know, everybody's entitled to uh, being assumed innocent before being proved guilty, but... Not on, uh, on the show. internet. <laughs> Not on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but this seems... Uh, we, we've got the pattern here with the folks from secure, from Facebook, so it seems like word, word was out on the street that if you wanted, you know, something done, this is how you did it. And so I don't know who, who I'm sure. Well, here's the one thing we know about uh, the gentleman from Apple. He's going to have really good lawyers, right? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, those lawyers cost exactly 200 iPads an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I one thing I wonder about is um, if he ends up being, you know, found guilty, how is Apple going to. Uh, sort of shed the stink from this, you know. That this is this is not this doesn't really go along with Apple's brand, right? They 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 like to be kind of uh, squeaky clean when it comes to these sorts of things. So how how are they going to uh, answer those questions of who else knew about this and that sort of thing? You know, I'm sure they're all going to say, "Oh, this is a, a a lone wolf acting on his own." You know, and he's gone no rogue. One, Look, right. he even has an Android right. phone. <laughs> right, right. We never liked him anyway. You know, he was on his. We had one foot out the door. He, you know. So, I don't know. It's a lot of intrigue, and of course, any story that has anything to do with Apple shoots right up to the top of the charts because there's there are a few things better for tech uh, clickbait than something going wrong at Apple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you know what else is good for uh, headlines? Something going wrong at Tesla. Yeah, even though, <laughs> that, even that's though, right. Yes, <laughs> also in the top five. Yes, in the definitely. Top five. Like uh, people leap on te- Tesla news, even though Elon Musk provides plenty personally. But uh, anything with <laughs> yes. Tesla is uh, goes right up. Yes, even though they closed mm-hmm. it over five hundred dollars a share yesterday. Yeah, I still haven't sold any of my shares. Even no matter what craziness seems to surround both the company and, of course, Elon himself, uh, he's been a consistent money maker for me. 
<laughs> That's the one thing about Elon. He's a good earner. He earns. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, uh, this new one, we actually had a story last week about somebody who could do a quick hack outside of the Tesla with uh, the Wi-Fi and uh, you know, basically inject a web page into the UI. Well, this new one is a little bit more serious. Turns out we don't need no stinking Wi-Fi. We don't need no stinking <laughs> Wi-Fi. A little Bluetooth will do you. That's right. Mm -hmm. Lenert Wouters, great name. Uh, he's a Belgian security researcher. He basically figured out a way to, A, break into the car, and B, clone the fob. So, <laughs> in, you know, you know, he's basically got his own Tesla in 90 seconds or less. Now, I've got to <laughs> ask, though, about this. Is this, is this a... a a use case that is specific to Tesla and the way that they do things, or could this also be done with a Ford? Uh, well, we already know that you can do it with a BMW. So yeah, that, exactly. one, that one's so, easy. So I've, I do feel that this is a bit of a story that's just, uh, again, like the Apple story, it shot up the headlines because it's Tesla. I mean, this is something that can be done with many, many cars. Right. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about Tesla. Tesla knew about all the other hacks, the BMW hacks, because we talked about those three or four years ago. So by now, they should have kind of maybe upped their game a little bit. You'd he's, think? he's busy. He's, he's not busy. doing this shit himself, He's Brian. naming <laughs> kids weird things. He's putting space cars out there. He's screwing up uh, astronomers' lives for the rest of the – for five <laughs> to ten generations. I mean, this guy, he's smoking weed on podcasts. You think he's going to pay attention to this stuff? I know. Well, he's I'm a polymath. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> Polywog. Uh, so – yeah, this is it's a new one, and and this guy did actually tell Tesla about it, and they're going to release a patch, and uh, we'll go about our merry way. But yeah, it should have been something that this should not have happened. I'm thinking. No, I, I don't. I mean, has has there actually been any Teslas that have been stolen because of this? Probably. It seems to me like a Tesla is a hard car to steal and do much with um, because of the way they have them. Like you know, even if you so monitored if and tracked and yeah, it's got right. my, it's got find my iPhone built right into it. it well, does. but also if you you plug it into a supercharger and it has to uh, identify itself and get authorized and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's got um, like super low jack. So it's a it's a one use steal. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. It's a joyride, <laughs> which you know that's a, that would be a joyful joyride, you know, to Tesla, I suppose. But this seems like a lot of work for a joyride. Yeah. Yep. So Tempest yeah. in a teapot? Is that what you're saying? I think so. I think so. I think I think you I think you guys are both right that this is uh, you know another one of those things because it's Tesla, it gets a lot more attention. You know, Teslas they get they get banged on by security researchers. You know, every year at uh, DefCon um, and uh, Black Hat, they they uh, the most recent years I can think of, there's a there's usually a Tesla that they're. You know, that's again, it's 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 the it's the car that everybody wants to associate hacking with. Right. It's right. Yeah. it's the most futuristic car out there on the street, at least in everyone's mind. So it's the one that they want to have the credit to hack away at. And so to that end, I think it's it's probably um, had it's probably been tested more than most other cars out there for these sorts of things. Much like mm -hmm. Apple. I mean, if you think of it, like Apple and Tesla could basically lay off their entire uh, security divisions because everybody's out there doing it for them. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's yeah. true. I'm wondering if you can just like, as soon as you steal the Tesla, if you can just install a VPN and pretend the car's in like Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't turn on auto drive then. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh boy. So I saw this article and there's there's nothing in here that's new. Uh the it's over at Slate, very little stands between the US and a technological panopticon. And this uh ties into so many of the things that we've been talking about recently, license plate readers, facial recognition, uh just everything that's being stored and tracked and data and blah 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 and how it's all being tied into databases. And uh Again, like nothing new, but I am wondering, uh, Dave, uh, mm. you in particular, uh, how do you feel that this is going? Do you think that we're careening headlong into a panopticon or do you think that there is some hope here? Um, I think that we are in the panopticon. Um, I think w- one of the things that troubles me is the ability for the police to legally buy up all of this data. Yep that we have volunteered to hand over through all of the the EULAs that we click on when we to, install to a weather app on our phones. Yes, Correct. Not, you know, so we, we did not imply that we were, here, give this to our government. Right. But we uh, gave it to the private organizations and gave them, them permission to sell it to whoever wants to buy it. And so the police can buy this data that we voluntarily gave up and in doing so, don't need any sort of warrant, don't need to go before a judge. And so this is a, a great unintended consequence of, of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I suspect we're heading in a direction where we're going to see some of this stuff tamped down. Um, I wonder if we have to see a case that directly affects a senator Yes, right. that is or, something that you bring up all the time when we do discuss yeah. this, is it needs to be somebody high up in power that actually gets directly affected by this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I, I, this, this, I, I, this causes me stress, this, this whole – I've thought about, you know, when I, I – I'm about 10 minutes away from my house between here and my office. How many times am I on camera between here and there? Right. Right. There are traffic cameras. There are uh, ATM cameras. There are drive through cameras. There are cameras in other people's cars. There's a camera in my car. Right. So I'm contributing to it. Mine isn't uploaded and available, but I'm gathering. <laughs> so you think. <laughs> the, well, that's right. Exactly. Probably. But yeah, my, my camera was made in China. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, <laughs> well, yeah. And one of the other things that we talked about with the facial recognition is how bad it is. And, and uh, you know, we shouldn't be letting police use it. But as this article points out, out, it is getting better every single day and improvements are exponential. So it's getting real good, real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I hope that we're coming towards a point where uh, we have an adjustment, where something similar to GDPR happens here in the US. I don't think it's going to happen soon. Um, I think we've got a lot of other things that will take priority over this. I think maybe if we see um, some real antitrust stuff happen with some of the big companies, that will take away some of their ability to be so powerful and monolithic when it comes to having control over these things. Um, but uh, we'll see. What I, I would love to see the control of this come back in the user's hands um, the way um, – well, but I mean California is trying for that, right? Yeah. Um, GDPR is trying for that. So I think there's a desire out there. I think people f- have um, – we've got sort of a learned helplessness I think right now and hopefully we can uh, we can get get past that. Um, this I, I, this troubles me. It, it, it the, the reality of this troubles me and I, I wish I felt like I had more – 
personal control over it because you can do like the three of us. We know how to we know everything we would need to do to do as much as you could do to block this. Mm -hmm. And yet we can't block this. No. Right. No. Not not really. No, so, no, we can we can, that, we can do security theater where we feel slightly better about ourselves, but we're still not really blocking it. Right. right. I mean, you I think I'm probably be... the most secure because I just don't go anywhere. That's the only way. It's Actually, just, that mm-hmm. would make you the least secure. We know exactly where you are at all times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or so you think. <laughs> right, right. If, if that's really him. Jason's actually secretly recording. He's always on the move. He lives on a train, and uh, we just don't yes. know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And when I sneak out at night in a giant raccoon suit that I borrowed from Dave and yep. uh, basically terrorize the neighborhood. And they're like, wow, that's a big raccoon. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I don't, you know, the raccoon recognition doesn't really kick in yet. So they're working no. on that. But that's, that's the I'm, only way to sneak around is go out at night and pretend to be, you know, a varmint. <laughs> I'm going to need that thing uh, dry cleaned before you give it back to me, too. I'm just. No problem, babe. No problem. Just making, no problem. A, making a point of that. Yeah. Yep. It's all good. It's all good. You're, you're a gentleman. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Yes. Excellent. And I can think of no better place to actually put this story than in here uh, with Dave. <laughs> uh, we may be 19 years too late for this, and it may not be the moon. It's Utah. I guess it's because we basically canceled our space program. So I guess they had to put it in Utah instead of the moon. We're never going to get there. But the Utah Department of Public Safety has found a curious metal monolith that looks like it belongs in a science fiction film planted in a remote part of the state's desert. I have no idea why every article about this doesn't say 2001, other than, I guess, oh, some do? Good. Okay. Because most of the ones I've seen just say science fiction film. Uh, So far, no Mm. one has an explanation for how or why or even how long it's been there. But, uh, Every, and people are saying it's obscure art installation. I prefer to think it is uh, the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. <laughs> right. I I keep thinking that it's um, a, uh, a multi-dimensional portal from Land of the Lost. That there's <laughs> uh, a, the Slee Stacks. Um, yes. Yeah. What was that one Slee Stacks name? The one who's actually smart, who had the little oh. vest that he wore. Like it's like Enoch or something like that. Elon. Uh, so it all it all makes sense now i think it was enoch but um i think you're right i do believe i think i think it's i think it's enoch's portal that we've you know and this is the this is the portal to the land of the lost somebody has to figure out how to open it up and put the little crystals in and Mm -hmm. that's that's the that's what i'm going with that's Sorry, that's what I lets just, me uh, sleep at night. I, I just disappeared for a while, wondering how I'm going to Photoshop Elon Musk onto a slee stack. <laughs> I, I tell you, I wanted those crystals so bad when I was a kid. That's just the one thing I wanted because I, I don't know, they looked so shiny and they kind of reminded yeah. me of candy. So I just wanted to, I wanted to eat the crystals. It would <sighs> that was basically our version of the Tide Pod challenge. Probably, would you eat the slee stacks crystals? <laughs> I don't know, but those slee stacks scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I had nightmares about them. I thought they were so like and ugh. If we went to Larray Caverns or something, there was no way you were getting me uh, off on my own because I knew if I went around a corner, there would be half a dozen of those giant slee stacks going, <laughs> and they would grab me. I, I, I just, yeah. Many times as a child, I woke up in the middle of the night just terrified that the slee stacks were coming for me. Oh, I've uh, been to those caverns too, and that's. Uh, I, I don't know why they take kids down there. That was like we had to go on three field trips to those things, and it's just yeah. not fun. It's not fun. I was there last year. We had a good time. I was there last year. Yeah, but uh, as kids, but, it's not fun. It's terrifying. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we we mm. preferred going to Bush Gardens. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was much better. Let's go to Old right. Town and go to Bush Gardens instead of the damn well, caverns. Well, yeah. Sometimes they make you go to Luray Caverns and then you get to go to Bush Gardens, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the carrot and the stick, yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, most of the time it was that you had to go to Historic Williamsburg and your reward was oh. you got to go to Bush Gardens. So. Exactly. Oh, Historic Williamsburg was the worst. Right. Oh. Now, uh, now uh, ye, ye all are going to experience us making candles. Step right up. Oh, oh God. No. We did I, – I, one of my favorite trips though was uh, we went there the year that they opened the Big Bad Wolf at oh, yeah. uh, Bush Gardens. It's gone now I guess but – It is. Yeah. There's a different ride there now. But that yeah. was a classic roller coaster. That was, a, that was an all-time – Great roller coaster, I think. That was yeah, a good one. Never got to go on it. I was too short when I when it opened. Oh, really? Yeah, I was too young when it opened. Mm. And uh, I would just sit there and watch the Loch Ness Monster all day. Cause that yeah. Was, is that still there or is that gone too? Still there. No, that's still there. Still running. So, you know, the uh, the interlocking loops. Uh, yep. that, that's an, another classic one. Yeah, yeah. Bush Gardens is a beautiful park. They they do a great job keeping that place looking nice. I guess they they have all that beer money that uh, mm-hmm. they can spend on <laughs> on all the plants and things. It's a it's a nice place to go. I I, I enjoy it. If you can't get if you can't make it to Disney World, Bush Gardens is a nice little alternative. Exactly. All right, yeah. gents. Well, stay safe because shit's about to get real. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <Yeah>. Again. <laughs> it's about to get realer. Right. It's about to get realer. On that happy note, talk to you next yep. week. See you next see you next week, guys. I won't be going anywhere. Media Candy. Brian, I want to talk about the dangers of going to Sweden to find uh television shows that you are really into and really want to enjoy. Sometimes you can't find an episode. Well, uh, Junior MasterChef Australia, I knew that there were a couple episodes missing in the middle, and I was okay with that because they have recaps at the beginning. I can see – and it, unfortunately, they were elimination episodes, which really kind of bummed me out. But the nice thing about missing the elimination episode and just seeing the recap is you don't have the sadness of waiting to see these kids get <laughs> kicked out. So that was actually a plus. I was going to say, and, and actually the structure of how those uh, how those shows are done is really the recaps get you basically everything that you needed to see in the previous episode anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Except when – the one episode that's missing is the fucking finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twats down in Australia can't bit torrent right. Sorry, Stryans. But I'm sure yeah. you're just going to have to wait a week. It'll no, appear. it's no, no. It's it, it's already done. I went and I, I had to go try and find the torrent, and then of course I found out who won, which is fine, I guess, because the person I wanted to win won. So there was at least that. But man, it was a great show. If you're in Australia and you can watch the recap, which I can't, uh, no VPN on, no VPN in the verse would let me through the Australian <laughs> content windows. I've tried five different VPNs and not a single one of them would let me through. I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a great show. But yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I missed the end. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we've got some uh, new video news coming out. Uh, Crock of Gold, a Shane McGowan story. It's called, yeah, it's literally Crock of Gold, a few rounds with Shane McGowan, uh, is in quote unquote cinemas <laughs> and <laughs> on digital and DVD on December 7th. So I will be picking this one up. It's, uh, you know, kind of a behind the scenes of his life and it goes up to the the big concert for his birthday on 28, in 2018. 
where everybody in the world, you know, came out and said, hey, Shane, we love you. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Johnny Depp was involved with this one. So that's interesting. It's also perfect timing for the yearly uh, kerfuffle about the fact that uh, (laughs) they use the word faggot in the Christmas song. Oh, yeah. Well, because, you know, there's I've already seen articles talking about how radio stations are considering banning it or editing it. It's every year we get the same story. Well, they should ban it anyway, because I'm so fucking sick of that song. I, I, could, I could York never is, hear it again and be totally happy. Oh, it's one of my least favorite Pogue songs of all time. It's, <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine with them banning that one. Um, but I, I still love the fact that Cadillac used Sunny Side of the Street in an advertisement on the Super Bowl right before the, they cut it right before the, the line, a uh, uh, heart full of hate and a lust for vomit. <laughs> it's like the, they cut it right before that at the end of the Cadillac commercial. I just still love that. So um, good. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang, you know who mm-hmm. he is? I do. He's a stand-up comedian. He was in uh, that show that I liked that you hated, but then I ended up hating too and never finished watching. Silicon Valley. That one. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I watched his stand-up on uh, Amazon. He's got some mm-hmm. stand-up that's out. Loved it. I loved it. My, my roommate and I watched it last night. It's it's very light. It's a little raunchy. So no kids, but not super raunchy. Um but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't know he was that funny. I didn't know he did stand up. So yeah. that was a, that was a nice. Uh, that was uh, trying to find something funny for the holidays. So <laughs> that was a nice uh, pop of laughter. Yeah, he dropped in on uh, an LA radio show, morning radio show. I used to listen to all the time, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank, quite often. And he was always very funny when he showed up. So I figured it's got to be pretty good. So yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Right. And then I found this article and I posted an awful lot of points in here, but I'm actually going to cut it down because what I realized is this is basically something that you and I have been talking about for ages and then stopped talking about because we realized it was never going to happen. Uh, this is streaming needs to pay artists more. Duh. Yeah. But there's an idea <laughs> from China that could help. And Communism. It goes, <laughs> it goes, <laughs> We will, yes, we will all get the bait the same. Nothing. Uh, so, but no, it gets into China's Tencent Music, which has a number of different streaming uh, platforms under that their umbrella. And guess what they use, which is actually working pretty well. Enlighten me, Brian. Micropayments. Within Micro their payments. Oh, yes. yes. Basically, digital tip jars, uh, the ability to sell, sell small things like, uh, here's a screensaver, or here's a different thing for your phone, and all of that. And, and the, uh, can you, uh, Spotify rolling out micropayments. That would actually fix a lot of things. Mm, I, unfortunately, I use Apple Music now, so I don't think Apple's going to roll that out. But... Nobody's going to do it. Nobody no, is, but it's actually, but, it. but the point is, and the yeah. article gets really into the finances, it's actually working. It's working for major artists in China. It's working for smaller artists in China. Uh, they're actually getting some more money than just what the streamers were, were paying them because fans that are really into it, when given the option, will, will hand out some cash in small amounts. Everything counts in small amounts, as Depeche Mode always said. Yeah. And that's funny because, yeah, if, uh, That's how this podcast survives is basically, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, micropayments from fans who listen to the show and donate every month. If we if we tried to live on advertising alone, this show would not exist. No, it would have been done a long time ago. Long time ago. So, I mean, this show literally lives by, you know, payments from the fans. Mm -hmm. So I can see why it works over there. Proof positive. Proof is in the pudding, people. It is. It's a really interesting article. So if you're doubting it, go read this. Yep. And speaking of Spotify, mm-hmm. there's a great, great article by uh, Jack Recider from Darknet Diaries. And it basically echoes everything that we've been saying about Spotify and the walled gardens and, and mm-hmm. shit like that. It's called Spotify. Please stop buying podcasts. 
period, straight <laughs> to the point. Okay. And I love it because in the article, he actually pulls out a pull quote from Spotify's, you know, upper echelon saying, yeah, we know limited releases and walled releases really suck. And they were talking about music. They, you know, because they were, I think this is when Kanye was doing like, you know, title yeah, yeah. releases and shit like that. Yep. Uh, title, what happened to them? Still uh, around. I know. <laughs> The tide is out, though. Uh, anyway, so it's just it's a really good it's a really good read because it just says everything that we've already said, and uh, I, I like it when I read articles that, that agree with reiterate, us. Reiterate reiterate <laughs> things we've already said. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, actually, well, first off, Spotify, please stop buying podcasts after you buy ours. Yeah, we, yeah. we will take the big suitcase of money. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that suitcase is big enough anymore. But, no, uh, not anymore. But uh, getting back to things that we've been talking about and articles that tell us that we were right. Here's another one. Uh, we were complaining about the, the movie industry just not catching up to the pandemic. Please just let us watch our movies at home. None of us are going to a theater. Except for all the idiots on my Instagram. Except all the idiots that are going already. to a theater. Yes. <laughs> But yes. uh, they're finally doing it. They they will be releasing Wonder Woman 1984 in theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas Day. So there you go. They've mm. figured it out. And as the article says, Hollywood's we're not in Kansas anymore moment. Yes, they have finally realized that they can't keep shelving these movies indefinitely because we're looking at summer at the earliest before we all get vaccinated and feel comfortable going anywhere again. Mm -hmm. So they are finally starting to uh, come around to our way of thinking and just giving us the damn movies. We'll pay for it if need be. And obviously, HBO is seeing this as a way to drive subscriptions. So if you want to see Wonder Woman 1984, it'll be on HBO. Pixar's animated Soul movie will be on Disney+. Plus. DreamWorks Animation's The Crudes and New Age will be coming out, uh, I believe, in pay-per-view or something like that. So they've figured it out. And of course, for a lot of these multi-huge thousand people companies with a gazillion different arms, they have their own streaming platform. So they make the movie. They put it on their own streaming platform. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I just wish HBO Max would get with it and get a goddamn Roku app. So <laughs> <laughs> you figure they're going to put Wonder Woman 1984 out on HBO Max. They would at least get that Roku thing settled right now because Roku you know, watchers are a pretty big part of the, the ecosphere. Yeah, so. but you, know, you can stop complaining. You've got enough devices around. I know. I'm I sure you can get HBO off. Max on something else. Yeah, I got to dust off my Apple TV that I have somewhere in a closet. That <laughs> It's the only thing that runs it. Oh, God, what are you going to do? Anyway, the Grand Tour Season 4 Madagascar Special has a release date, which is December 18th. Right. I glanced at the trailer. Looks like standard Grand Tour fare. So yep, it's been a while since we had one of these. So I'm looking It's hard for to me it. to get too excited about it anymore because I really just do miss the actual Top Gear format that they did. But at least, you know, they're sticking to the travel thing, which is the only thing that really works for, for this format. So I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, that's what – because you before said that you just want them to do these. Now you're yeah. saying you miss the other one? Well, uh, no. I miss the the OG, man, when they were on Top Gear. I hated that tent. Uh, they, they never got oh, the yeah. format right with Grand Tour. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the old school Top Gear, I see what you're saying, yes. With yeah. The, yeah, they have to have the runway and the 747. If they don't have that, it ain't And shit. the Stig, man. And the Stig. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we're getting our Expanse Season 5 very shortly, December 16th, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, did you watch the official trailer? I refuse to. Okay. I refuse. I'm going to go back and watch Season 4, though. <laughs> okay. 
I just need to get caught up. I I, I forgot what happened in season four. So I yeah, go I'm just going to watch the uh, endless loop and recap of Adam uh, Adam what's his face being blown into space. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and I finished The Crown uh, last season. Excellent. Highly recommended. I know you will probably never watch it, but uh, it was very, very good. Gillian Anderson absolutely nails Margaret Thatcher. So much so that uh, my wife and I then decided we needed to go back and watch The Iron Lady, which we never watched, which uh, has, of course, Meryl Streep playing uh, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, that was a bit of a bummer. I, I understand why there were mixed reviews about that movie, because... Um, it basically just went to the very end of Margaret Thatcher's life when she was suffering from dementia and did flashbacks and things like that. But mm -hmm. it's sadness porn. Like, I yeah. understand that there are a lot of people in this world that really hate Margaret Thatcher, and maybe they got their jollies off seeing <laughs> her yeah. be so miserable at the end. But Jesus, it was sad. Uh, can we get one of those at Donald Trump? That I'd watch. <laughs> that you'd watch, exactly. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, I started watching Queen's Gambit because everybody said so. And then I just, right as I was walking in into the studio to do the show, I saw it come across TV that the Queen's Gambit is now the most streamed limited series on Netflix's history. So apparently <laughs> yeah. people like it, which means I'm probably going to hate it. Yeah, I've kind of held off on it, too, because anytime I see anybody or everybody liking something, that usually means I'm not going to like it. But yeah, uh, Tiger uh, King gonna, or whatever that was. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no. I watched the first episode. Um, it was decent. It wasn't – I mean, I wasn't blown away, but – Of Tiger was, King or – No, no, no. Not to, I watched like five of Tiger King and then I'm like, why am I watching this shit? I mean, I'm nowhere <laughs> in lockdown, but god damn, this is bad. Uh, yeah. No, I watched the first episode of Queen's Gambit and uh, it's it's beautiful. It's shot well. It's interesting. Um, hopefully, it picks up from there. So I will I, – I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a Alrighty. couple more episodes. Okay. So. And uh, this one's for you. Jeopardy has named Ken Jennings as its first interim host after the death of Alex Trebek, which surprises no one. Uh, I'm surprised that they're saying interim. I, I wish they had some balls. Just make him the host. I, I know there was a big online campaign to have uh, Jordy be <laughs> reading oh. Mr. Reading Rainbow be uh, the the host. It LeVar should Burton, be you mean LeVar Burton. <laughs> it should be Ken Jennings. Um, yeah, don't he's don't great. f around. Don't do interim. Just give him the damn show. That's what fans of the show want. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, don't fuck around. No interim guest hosting. Just give it to him. Yeah, honestly. I, I mean, I'm not even a big Jeopardy fan, and I can get behind that because I like Ken Jennings. I listen to his podcast. I think he's a cool guy, and he would do the show justice. Yes, he would. Ups and doodads. Brian, let's talk about AirPods again for a second since you had <laughs> you have your story of your AirPods. I, I, I wonder if what you. happened to you might solve my problem. So – I'm making a nice batch of uh, Impossible Chili because I, I do like the Impossible Burger since I, I, I you know, this, this whole Keep Jason Alive 2020 thing is is going very well. We'll, we'll touch on that in a couple points in this. Fake in news. This. Fake news. Hey, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so I'm making my Impossible Chili and I, I yawn while I'm making the chili with my head over the thing and boop, there goes my left AirPod Pro that I just bought and I watched it in slow motion tumble into the pot of chili and go <laughs> and promptly disappear. <laughs> and, uh, you, it was like a cartoon scream. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> most expensive pot of chili ever. Grabbed a spoon, shoved it in there, got it up, slipped off the spoon, back in the chili. <laughs> Grabbed it again. Finally got it out, ran it under the water, tapped it out, grabbed some paper towels, dried it off. <sighs> breathe, breathe. Stuck it back in my ear. 
and it worked just fine. I tell you, man, I've I've had a pair go through the laundry. Worked totally fine. Yeah, but this is chilly, man. <laughs> chilly was going to be the death of my AirPod Pros, maybe, and it was just fine. Maybe your AirPods will be gaslighting you soon because of the yeah, chilly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, I went out and I bought a couple things for those. And uh, I, I first off, since it popped out, I'm like, okay, everybody keeps telling me get the foam tips. So I got the foam tips. The foam tips suck that I got. Okay. They were they were like twelve bucks or uh, thirteen bucks, and they they sucked. So I'm going to try maybe a couple different ones, but these just popped out just as much. Um, and then I got these uh, anti slip covers. It's basically uh, AirPod condoms that you put in that like help help your ear stick to it. Mm-hmm. Those kind of work. Ribbed for your pleasure. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Uh, they they those actually kind of work. And it was nine bucks for a set of five of them with god awful colors. I just put the black ones on. And they they seem to help. They seem to help because I had to put the other covers back on. So if anybody has the uh, any tips for the foam ones, the ones I got were the Pizza's three three pair replacement ear tips compatible with AirPod AirPods Pro memory foam reducing noise in ear ear tips accessories fit in the charging case. SML black. Um, just the tip. Just and once the you tip. go black, you never go back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, uh, oh, I did do have a little aside, uh, one password now unlocks with the Apple watch in 7.7, which is great. So I don't have to type that 18,000 character password all the time. Just saying, Excellent. if you're, if you're a one password fan upgrade and you have an Apple watch works great. Next thing I got was I got the Camry digital hand grip tester, 198 pounds slash 90 kilograms, strength measurement meter, auto capturing electronic hand gripped power dynamometer. The actual hell is that? So uh, what it does is it measures your grip strength. So oh, so it's like those old arcade games. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sex machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You know it. <laughs> okay. So uh, a, why, a, why did you get this? There's a thousand studies out there that talk about how grip strength and health are very intertwined. Mm-hmm. And this is this goes back a long way. Uh, this, oh, by the way, the the hand grip power dynamometer was twenty nine ninety nine at Amazon. So I was reading up on some articles, and uh, of course, this is a clickbaity headline, but it was interesting. It says, this one simple move could lower your blood pressure by 10% without medication. Even though my blood pressure is okay, I'm still always fascinated by grip strength stuff, so I read it. And there's a very simple exercise where if you do two minutes of 30% grip, like holding, a couple times a week, it's been shown to lower blood pressure. I'm like, okay. So to do the 30%, you need something to tell you what your 100% is. (laughs) So I got the dynamometer and my, I haven't done grip exercises in a long time. And I got the, Uh I did the thing, I I grabbed it and I squeezed with all my might. And like, it was so sad because it says, it's yeah, it literally (laughs) said weak. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like weak, normal and strong. So ever since I got it, I've been using my little grippy hand things and doing curls and stuff like that. So I went from 98 pounds of grip strength to now um, I'm at a uh, yesterday morning I was at 130 pounds. Right. So which which is I skipped normal and went straight from weak to strong. <laughs> so I want to I want to get it to the point where I can break this motherfucker. I want 198 199 pounds. So it right. goes 198, <laughs> but. Um, it's nice having good grip strength again. I like it. I missed it. I felt like a little limp-fisted uh, accountant sitting here typing all day. It's like you're dating someone new. Yes. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> this man knows where he goes. <laughs> he talks. That's right. <laughs> oh, hey, Rosie, you got strong, baby. 
<laughs> All right. Rosie Riveter. Yep. Uh, was it was it Rosie Palmer and her five sisters. <laughs> Uh, and unfortunately my scale broke this week too. I was cleaning it That's and I never dropped it. That's a good it. sign. Oh. I, no, no, no. I dropped it. I dropped it and it landed right on the corner and basically shattered. All so right. I'm like, okay, well, let me look and see if I can, because it was like a, you know, a nice digital $30 scale. So I'm like, okay, let's see what the, the state of electronic, you know, home scales are that you can sync with apps and shit like that. And I found the Fitbit Aria Air which is now a Bluetooth scanner. The old Fitbit Air Arias uh, used like shitty Wi-Fi to connect and it was a pain in the ass. And if you had a five gigahertz network in your house, it wouldn't work because it was 2.4 and it was a pain in the ass. But this is Bluetooth, so it, it pairs to your app and it was under 50 bucks. I'm like, 20 bucks more than a regular one? Fuck it, I'll get it. All right. Got it, synced perfectly, works fine. Works totally fine. Except since Fitbit are a bunch of cock lickers, you can't – they don't have any apps to sync to Apple Health. So you have to buy another fucking app called – I found one called Sync Solver, which mm -hmm. will take your Fitbit data from your Fitbit app and sync it to Apple Health so you have like one place to go where everything is synced. So that was another five bucks on top of it. Right. Anyway, so got that all taken care of. Phew. <laughs> there's, there's Keep Jason Alive 2020 hashtag in a nutshell for okay. this week. Seems like it's um, going really well and very unstressful. Uh, no, actually, it's, it's fucking great, man. I've lost 15 pounds since the I got my first blood test. And right. I, I've got a 29-day step streak on my Fitbit. I feel fantastic. I sleep great. I eat mostly vegetables now. And it's, it's crazy. I like it. Good I, for you. Yeah, I'm turning into a human again. Speaking of humans, let's talk about get human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you have to spend a lot of time with customer support doing anything in this holiday season – God forbid you have to, but you generally will. Go to gethuman.com. It basically has all of the phone numbers and the the decision trees that you have to use to get to humans. Yes, this is bookmarked. This is a yes. very useful site. This is an incredibly useful site, so I highly recommend everybody use it. So yes. check it out. And uh, finally, I've just been doing a lot of writing. I've got some new LinkedIn articles coming out about podcasting and things like that. And I found the Hemingway Editor. Which is it's 19.99. You can use their web version for free, but uh, you can use the offline version. So when you're just sitting on your laptop, you don't need a Wi-Fi connection. And it has just a bunch of different things to make your writing a lot tighter and a lot punchier. Mm -hmm. And I loved it, so I used it on my my latest article, and it made me think a lot more and use better words. I, I, I had to actually use you know more concise words and different types of adverbs and things like that to really kind of pull it together. And it made my article. 10 times better, or maybe even more than that. So I really like this app. It's very clean. It's very simple. You just go in, you type, and you can work without the annotations. And then you just flip over and it'll show you all the different, it'll highlight the sentences that need work, fix those, and then go back to writing. It's great. It's 20 yeah. bucks. This, it's is, a no this looks really cool, actually. Like way Dude, better than Clippy. I'll tell you that. It's so good. It's so good. You know those memes that go around sometimes where they're like, uh, use one word to describe how old you are uh, without mm. you know stating your age or anything? My go-to was always word star. Word star. <laughs> I loved word star. You remember that? I so hated good. word star, man. <laughs> I hated it. Oh, the overlays that you had to put on your keyboard? Remember those? <laughs> yeah. Just to figure out where anything is. Like for the X, the IBM XT keyboards, you had this giant overlay and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And I've had this for uh, two weeks now and I keep forgetting to mention it on the show, uh, but I'll bring it up now. I have the Becant 
IKEA sit-stand desk. Brian, why didn't you get the becan and be positive? Why do you have to be negative and get the becant? I don't know, because I can't be bothered. Uh, <laughs> it was 399 Canadian. Uh, I'm not sure the exact price in the U.S., which is considerably cheaper than the fancier uh, versions out there. But as you and I were talking about offline, uh, a sit-stand desk has two things it has to be, flat and go up and down. Uh, well, it needs one more thing, but uh, yeah. It's 399 U.S. as well, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Good. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's narrow. It's not very wide. It's only 47 and a quarter inches wide. More than big enough for me. I know that you like to have basically a, a, a house door as your desk and it needs to be that, uh, that, that width, but it, it, this totally works for me. Yeah. Cause my standing desk right now is 72 inches wide. The, the house door is 80 inches wide. And I was thinking of actually getting the top, <laughs> like replace the top on my current desk with an 80 inch one or get another one that's 80 inches. Well, wide it's like, it's desks. like my old setup when I was doing music and all that. I had three Ikea desks, <laughs> two yeah. and then one in the corner. But uh, nowadays, you know, my, my, my footprint's pretty tight. Um, and this is, this is a much bigger desk than I was used to working on. Cause I was using one of those medical grade standing desks for a while. Ugh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it was wider, I would definitely look into it, but I need something. It, I mean, if I could get a 120 inch desk, I would totally get it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, then you're, then you're in a serious territory there. But yeah, my 80 inch desk is, is perfect. Cause you know, I've got, you know, uh, 27 inch iMac, two studio monitors, all this editing gear. And then if I need to like do something with a, another interface or things like that, this is just way too small, but you're just literally running on an air. Do you even have a monitor? I do. I have a monitor set up here. I have a, a, the air and, um, you know, hopefully at some point I'll actually have my mic stand and all that. This is more than big enough. Totally. Okay. Works. Oh, you should definitely check out that. These are coming out in January, the bridge dock for the iPad air. Mm -hmm. So you can just like slide it in and then it plugs the, it takes the firewire out or the Thunderbolt, sorry, Thunderbolt yep. three out and goes into your hubs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it's like 169 bucks, but it's really cool. I'm going to get one, get, get one for sure. And this just in. I got this email from Amazon this morning. Did you get this email as well I, about I did Sidewalk? As well. Yes. Yes. So uh, we we are all under alert now that Sidewalk from Amazon is about to be enabled next year, and they. I tell can't us wait that... for my AirPods to connect to every single Amazon Echo <laughs> as I walk down the street. Oh wait, you don't have to wait. You've got that feature I'm, already. I'm, I must be in the beta program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they said that it's going to be coming later this year, early next year, uh, and it's going to be on by default and. I have an issue with that being on by default because they say when enabled sidewalk uses a small portion of your internet bandwidth to provide these services to you and your neighbors. Fuck you. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> I did not say that uh, you can change the terms of service to use my bandwidth whenever you like. But they at least said at the end of the email to disable this feature, follow these instructions, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I, I will be disabling sidewalk before I get it. But here's the funny part about it. When the app updates, it'll probably re-enable it again because we know that that's what they like to do. Yep. Feedback loop. Over at Patreon, we've got Peter. Hi, Peter. Nice to meet you. Thanks for signing up. And thanks to everybody who has upped their pledge as well. We really appreciate that very, very much. And over at PayPal, we've got Michael, John, Andrew, Tom, Jeffrey, Ryan, Mark, Joseph, Stavros, John, and Ariel. And Ariel says, Dear Grumps, I'm an avid listener of the show and donated via PayPal to Scaramoochies. 
One Scaramucci per grump. To clarify, despite the use of Scaramucci's, I value you on an entirely different scale. Please keep safe and healthy. If not for your sake, then for mine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's- we got uh, Stu, who said, Hi, geeks. Old school hacker from Do Not Fold, Spindle, or Mutilate days, which was before internet, like dial-up BBS. Love the show. It keeps me smiling during grumpy times. Sent you a 20 on PayPal. Thanks. Well, thank you thank very you. much. Thank I, you very I much miss to everybody. I'm my old BBS. <laughs> uh, well, you can probably get an old Quadra for cheap and uh, run some phone lines in and yeah. get her done. Get her done. You, nobody would connect, but <laughs> nope. you could have it. <laughs> Finally, my own personal social network, like Parler. Yeah, you know what? You could call it Schrodinger's BBS because if somebody <laughs> connects, does it? Do... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jeff writes in over on Twitter. Why are telehealth companies treating healthcare like the gig economy? And this is a TechCrunch article, and uh, you read this one, Brian. Yeah, insurance companies love this model because it is cheap to operate, but patients bear the cost. Doctors in this arrangement get paid to work the assembly line. Every minute they spend listening to patients, learning about their lives, building a personal relationship is a minute they're not moving down the line, seeing the next patient, and earning the next fee. The system doesn't reward doctors for providing care. It rewards them for churning through patients. Blah, 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 blah. Is this the way it should be? No, of course not. Uh, why is it that? way uh let's go back to the first line insurance companies love this model <laughs> exactly welcome to american healthcare marca right <laughs> yeah and uh clearomania said the eu defense minister is looking for a new producer or just a gatekeeper technology is just as good as the kids using it and this is a link to uh i guess somebody hacked into some british uh, parliament meeting or something like that because they know how no there you go go. and tj writes in interesting investigation using social media data and this is the beirut port explosion i watched this video it's a forensic breakdown of the explosion this is fucking fascinating to watch did you yeah, watch the whole really thing? Yeah, really cool. I, I watched most of it. Uh, I just love the the way that they actually just synced everything and then used all the models and like mm-hmm. the, da- the data collection is – it's pure data porn and it's amazing. This is what in the 90s they would give us those shitty movies and they would yes. do in, in, in like episodes of 24 and shit. But this is real. It's actually real now. I know. Pretty crazy. Yeah. If you haven't watched this video, definitely go check the link in the show notes and watch it because it is – I'm like – I mean I was just gobsmacked. I'm like, this is so cool. It's real now. It's actually real. It's like Enemy of the State, you know, <laughs> that really horrible Gene Hackman, Will Smith movie. If it was, it, It's now. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And Nathan writes in, Prop 22 is a joke, but at the end of the day, Uber and Lyft only got away with it because of those pesky kids – I mean, California voters <laughs> let them <laughs> – Corporations can't enact laws of the voters to do their job, blame stupidity and low information voters. Uh, I, I take some issue with that. Yes, yeah. that that yeah. is true. Or we could blame a multi-million dollar advertising campaign that was full of straight up lies and misleading information, which, by the way, should be illegal. Yeah, it should be, but it's not. Yeah. And, you know, I know people that voted for Prop 22 that aren't stupid, but they were listening to their friends who are Uber drivers in other states. They're like, I got friends in New York who drive Uber, and they're like, yeah, 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 this is – no, 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 this is blah, blah, blah. And they went with you know outside advice for people who don't live here or drive here. <laughs> and so I can't blame them for it. I told them they were dumb, but I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> vote no on Prop 22, you assholes. They're like, no, screw you. I'm going to vote <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and over at GOD.show, Mr. Bubbles says, got some stuff I figured might interest you guys. A bit of an old article, but didn't hear it on the show. And this is a GameSpot article uh, that I didn't read. <laughs> uh, me either. Something about being taken to court over tattoos. I totally missed this one. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. 
<laughs> and he goes on to say, if you want a great short show to watch, I would highly recommend The Queen's Gambit. Yes, everybody has been talking about that. And he says, this one's for Jason. A while ago, you talked about how you like trucking or something like that. Check out this newish podcast, Over the Road. It's a short podcast about the history and current days of big rigs. Uh, I'm not a huge trucking fan. I like cross-country driving, but this actually sounds interesting, so I'll check it out. Yeah. And Joe writes in, new album by Brandon Perry of Dead Can Dance. Brian might be interested. Cheers. And the album is called Songs of Disenchantment. Sounds perfect for 2020. I was going to say, right up your alley. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to that uh, for that. I've actually randomly been listening to a lot of Dead Can Dance recently as it's bounced from my AirPods um, from destination to destination. Uh, tis the season. I, I don't know why their music always feels a bit Christmassy to me, but it does. So uh, always around this time of year, I end up listening to them. Uh, I'm a casual fan of both his solo work and Lisa Gerard's, the other main member of Dead Can Dance. But like an Amazon bucket and a password, they're always best together. Yeah. And Dead Can Dance is not a summer type of band. No, it's definitely it's, a winter It's not even a California band. type of band. So no, I this think is- uh, moving has helped. Yeah, this is you're actually in the perfect spot to listen to it now because when I think of Dead Can Dance, I think of Chicago in the dead of fucking winter. Yeah. That's the kind of music that I listen to during that. And now <laughs> you get to experience it in all of its glory. Yes. Yeah, good for you. And Vincent writes in Ireland is making steps to ban revenge porn. Yay! <laughs> And so uh, apparently a bunch of uh, Irish women have been released nudies on the internet thanks to uh, bad boyfriends and things like that. So Yes, and also uh, the theory here is uh, it's getting passed around so much because there are no actual laws. It's, uh, Ireland is one of the few countries that uh, doesn't go after people currently for this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not a con- – the non-consensual sharing of intimate images is not a criminal offense in Ireland. So they It's are actually going encouraged to, in Ireland. <laughs> they are going to plug that loophole apparently. <laughs> Um, which is good that's a good thing yeah and vincent goes on to say i wonder what the germans approach to this is uh funny you should ask because uh, (laughs) i happen to have an article about that in germany your ex must destroy nude photos on request Oh, so okay. uh, the, it gets into the nitty gritties of this a little bit. So, you know, uh, holiday shots and things of that nature where they're clothed or in everyday situations. Those are those are perfectly acceptable. Uh, but they have made it clear that uh, any pictures showing naked, semi naked or with intimate areas exposed in underwear or before, during or after sexual intercourse, which one could argue is all times. Because I'm <laughs> yeah, always really either I'm always either before, during or after. <laughs> Me, me mainly after <laughs> how many years was that okay <laughs> uh yeah so revenge Two statute porn of limitations <laughs> revenge porn cases are no longer considered trivial by german co- courts posting intimate images without consent can lead to criminal convictions and prison sentences of up to two years so uh they take it pretty seriously do you have to have like uh you know like some kind of signed document that says i asked him to remove it you know <laughs> <laughs> like like some kind of notarized document that says. I, I wish I knew you were going there because I would have prepared some incredibly long German word with a, like <laughs> stop them from flopping them documentum or something like that. But I I was not prepared. You caught me by surprise. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. Okay. Keeping them boobies off lines. <laughs> <laughs> I think you went more Swedish chef there again. I did. I did. <laughs> I was trying to go full Farfignugan, but I, I ended up going a little bit further north. Never go north. full Farfignugan. <laughs> Oh my God! And oh, Ralph writes in. Years, okay. <laughs> yeah, Ralph writes in. Hi, Grumps. I nominate the following headline for this week's best: Zoom drops forty-minute meeting time limit for Thanksgiving, eliminating all means of escape. Yes. 
There's always the, my internet's going. Yeah. That's always a good one. Uh, here's some news for Brian. Canadian officials warn drivers not to let moose lick their cars. I, that okay. Sounds, so that's... I have, uh, I have been dating my, I've been with my wife. Uh, we've been married for, oh God, nine years now, but I've been dating her for uh, 13, 14 years. And in that entire time, this is a seasonal news item that comes out every single year since I have been coming to Canada. So okay. it is, it is a good one, but it's very funny. Uh, you want your moose knuckles licked, but not the other way. <laughs> yes. They, they lick cars because they are covered with salt. Yes. And uh, this is an interesting one. Toronto police pull over car with 30-year-old expired plates. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who figured out it's, you know, it's cheaper just not to renew your plates and just pay the fine. That's assuming you only get one ticket and you only get pulled over one time. Exactly. This guy so only drives is... once a year. <laughs> yes. Every time he gets pulled over, once. <laughs> so the math and the logic does not quite work out on that unless you're very lucky and uh, nobody ever gets you dings you for it so mm-hmm. yep seth writes in jason i think you've mentioned rob reed's ted talk about the scary near future scenario of a homicidal lunatic getting hold of the capacity to print man-made viruses in an effort to kill as many humans as possible or 2020 but i don't recall <laughs> hearing either of you mention his sci-fi novel after on it seems like a gog must read it's clever funny and so we have talked about this book definitely we have. We've actually had Rob Reed on the show talking about the book. I'm looking at the show art for After On, which is the podcast I did with Rob Reed for like 15 to 16 episodes or so. So, yes, Rob has been on the show. So uh, check the search on GOG.show. It should bring up the, his appearance on the yep. show. But, uh, yeah, honestly, I like Rob. He's, a, he's an interesting guy. But uh, After On, too many words. Cut a few. Yeah, be I, fine. I had a hard time reading it, too. Um, I, I love my dystopian sci-fi. And if you want something of that ilk, I, I can always recommend one of my favorite books of all time, The Stand by Stephen King. OK, I cannot recommend that because it's Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> but we have we have a we have a differing opinion on Stephen King, you and I. Yes. Jonathan writes in, strap on your tinfoil hats and come for a walk with me. So you mentioned that tickets for concerts will will require a COVID vaccine certification and that vaccine is only good for one year, maybe. So basically, you now get your prescription to participate in public life, which gets renewed each year like a subscription. Does it come with the terms of service, too? It doesn't matter what your natural health predisposition is. This is a medicine for everyone who wants to go in public. So anyone from a less fortunate background without insurance will not get to participate in public events like voting. I'm going to stop right there for a second because That's bullshit. We've, we've seen the price of the vaccine. Some are $5. The highest one is about $44. So <laughs> that is uh, $44 for a, life, or a year of uh, protection. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to be giving them away for free. So... Yeah, let's not get too dystopian on that one. The very next bit was about an app for nightmares, which is prescribed. If you've come this far with me, then I think you can walk this one out yourselves. You get prescribed an app, which costs how much? And I'm sure it will also be subscription because that's just how we live now. Stay grumpy. Yeah, well, uh, personally, I'm expecting there to be a national healthcare app here in Canada that you'll be required to show your status with before entering a business or whatever, because, well, national, universal healthcare. And I'm 100% <laughs> okay with that, given this particular set of circumstances, i.e. the pandemic. Good luck, America. I... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if there was any, anything that should be pushing America into the concept of socialized medicine and that not being a bad word or a bad thing, it's a fucking pandemic. Oh, it's uh, gone the other way. Completely I know, I know. the other way. Uh, trust me, I still see the news. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. It's it's a travesty, and there's nothing wrong with this. This is a take off your damn tinfoil hat and put on the it's a fucking pandemic and we don't all want to die hat. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the idea of you. Uh, have you had the vaccine? Okay, well, then you can come into our restaurant and dine. You haven't? Well, then you cannot because it's a fucking pandemic. So anyways, related, I did see this bit of news. Qantas CEO says coronavirus vaccine will be necessary to fly. This is going to happen everywhere. I'm sorry. It just is. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, if you want to fly on Qantas and you want to go internationally, you're going to have to prove you had the vaccine once it's available. And uh, it's going to every airline's going to do that. Um, I'm sure Southwest flying in the States won't be bothered. But uh, if, you, if you're planning to go internationally, I mean, where do you think you can go right now, Americans? Nowhere. Okay. <laughs> We're trapped. There We're go. trapped. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless Greyhound starts to <laughs> have boats. That's yeah. We're stuck. <laughs> and Leif writes in, Jason, your pronunciation of my name, Leif, was dead on. So uh, Leif <laughs> is an annoying Americanization. And he put in a whole bunch of stuff in here that I'm going to cut about cholesterol and uh, low-carb <laughs> diets and things like that because nobody cares. Uh, at least nobody listening. I, was, I, I liked it. Thank you, Leif. Leif. <laughs> anyway, I love the show and want you to stay around and keep on doing what you're doing. You guys have been helping me get through COVID while staying sane. Stay grumpy. Well, thank you, Leif. Thank you. And over at iTunes, uh, Vargonian. It sounds like a title of one of those horrible books that L. Ron Hubbard wrote. <laughs> from the side the Vargonians from the princess and the Vargonian <laughs> uh, he says everything I want from a podcast and it's a five-star rating funny nerdy well-produced opinion-y I look forward to this podcast every week thank you and we've got another one from Mick Szechuan the podcast we need not the one we deserve another five-star need a reminder that it's the world that is insane and not you join these soothsayers as they weekly in precedented times more frequently more frequently highlight tech and security news interspersed with the right amount of media news and nostalgia the banter rants and news make this a podcast that's well worth your time my only gripe is that they often present arguments slash insights that force you into action hence why i'm writing this on my first apple product <laughs> Damn, we didn't have an affiliate deal. Shit. <laughs> if only Apple did those. <laughs> well, although, <laughs> given my experience with their AirPods this week, I don't know. <laughs> Can't really recommend those anymore. <laughs> although I can. Chili proof. Yes. <laughs> if you want your question or comment right on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. If you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And if you just happen to hear a snippet of our show while walking down your street and accidentally connecting <laughs> to your neighbor's Amazon Echo that was playing it, welcome. Yeah. and <laughs> Or look out your window and wave at Brian. Because... <laughs> Boy, are we old, Jason. Microsoft Windows turns 35 this week, November oh. 20th, 1985. Windows 1.0, the one that nobody saw, was released. I saw it. Yeah. Did I you really? I didn't see it until, I think, two. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool. My mom brought home a floppy of it and uh, showed it to me, and she was blown away. And uh, it was incredible. I don't. I totally remember this. This was. If you actually go to the go to gog.show and search for my first PC, you'll see the PC that she <laughs> showed it to me on. Excellent. Uh, yeah, that was that was crazy times, man. Crazy times. And a shout out to Steve Wolf who uh, let me know this was the thing. Uh, and also a shout out to whoever rebuilt the fucking mash sets in uh, Malibu Creek State Park. Somebody actually went back after they burnt down and rebuilt the sets. So you can still go for a walk now and find the old MASH sets. How cool is that? Except they're not really 
feel. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Look, if somebody's up there rebuilding the sets, you know who's probably doing that? The guys who built them the first time. I, this I is Hollywood. Think that they're still with us, man. I don't <laughs> a long know. Time ago, but uh, it's still no, that's Hollywood. Cool. I, I loved being able to do that. Uh, I went out there a couple times. Um, it was always really cool, and the fact that I could someday go out there again—pretty cool. I would say take my kid, but he's never going to watch Mash because. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally going to do this because this is something that you can do now in COVID times, and you know, be safe and get you out of the damn house. So I'm totally good. I was so bummed. I always wanted to do it, and I never did it, and then it was gone. And we live in fire season, so. They might burn down again, so <laughs> got to slide in that mash window. All right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. And this show is a labor of love, but your support keeps the show going. Like we mentioned before, literally keeps the show going. So if you like us, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out. We'll love you forever. Or you can visit GOG.show slash shop and pick up some good old-fashioned GOG swag. And if you can't do that, then what you can do is please tell a friend. Word of mouth is the only way the show grows, so spread the grump far and wide. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 485. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, stay turkey, and stay full this fine holiday season. And better yet, stay the fuck at home.